Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut on this lovely Thursday, the 12th of August. Let's get to it. The school mask rebellion is underway. How many COVID breakthrough cases are there where the vaccine doesn't actually stop someone from getting infected and passing the infection on? Uh, the new New York governor, Hochul, threatens to shut down schools and institute a mask mandate. Lori Lightfoot of Chicago says the police budget's definitely going to increase next time around and Kabul could be in Taliban hands within a month. Let's let's jump into it, my friends. Let's get to it. First off, the reality right now is that masks in schools have become the center, the, the center area of battle over whether we're going to have the permanent covid state or not. Because let's just review for a second here. We were told in very clear terms, we were told that the vaccines were the end. We were told that the vaccines had over 94 percent in the case of Pfizer effectiveness. Right. That was that number. Ninety four percent. Ninety five percent vaccines better than our wildest dreams. And so that was it. Get the shot and you're done. Now, I understand there are people, many people, including myself, who have not gotten the shot. But we're at about half the country in total vaccinated. And yet here we are being told that Florida is having a record caseload. Texas is having a record caseload in some areas. What the heck is going on? I want to return to that for a second, but just I wanted to put that thought out there. How could that be? We have at least half the country has the vaccine which means that you've got a much smaller population for the virus to spread. You also have over 100 million people who have natural immunity. So if the vaccine is piled on top of that, what's going on? They don't want to ask these questions. And some people are starting to. I just want to be clear. They're not going to be able to hide from this forever. But something's up, friends. What they've told you is not correct. I don't have all the answers, but they don't have all the answers either about what's going on right now. Just get the shot. Just get the shot. Shut up and get the shot. That's not enough. That doesn't explain what's happening. But let's get to masks in schools. Uh, First of all, in a in a purely human behavior based analysis, you can tell that masks in schools are stupid beyond words. Kids are going to be pulling them up, pulling them down, taking them on, taking them off. They're going to have, you know, juice time, cookie time. They're going to pull their mask down. They're going to be in, in close proximity to each other. And if you really want to know I mean, how dumb this stuff is, the fact that they have kids separated in some classrooms by plexiglass, which just doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Uh, imagine you were in a classroom and there was uh, there was, you know, phosphine gas or chlorine gas, something really toxic and lethal in the air. And someone said, oh, hold on a second. And they put a plexiglass partition in front of you and then just had a whole bunch of free airflow all around you and the plexiglass. Would you say, oh, great. Thank you so much. I feel safe now. This is how stupid people are and how the covid security theatrics have been indefensibly dumb for a very long time. And then that brings me to masks. Uh, The biggest studies of this have shown that masks in schools don't do anything. And and by by the way, when I say study, you can just line it up 
and look at data for places that have had masking in schools, look at places where they were incredibly strict about it, where they weren't strict about it. And there's there's no indication that this is an important policy, but there's a lot of indication that this just is a reminder. Remember what I told you back in May? I was complaining to you then when they said the mask man, it's going to said they're they're keeping it on the planes. They're keeping it in the background like a virus that can come roaring back. All the lockdown measures, all this stuff. And now the Biden administration is really ready to flex federal muscle in the process, too. So it's, in a sense, even worse. Now, keep in mind, as I'm telling you all this, fatalities from the virus are down 70, 75 percent from the peak, maybe more like 80 percent from the peak. So far fewer people are dying from COVID, but you wouldn't get that sense because the people that are controlling the narrative right now want want maximum fear. Dr. Fauci has just gone out there and said, yeah, you know what? You are going to need you're going to need vaccination boosters. So we've gone from in about three months, get the shot and you're done to get endless shots, carry proof of those shots and mask up. And maybe there'll be future lockdowns. Shut up, peasant. Do what you're told. Don't bring up that this isn't what we told you was going to happen. How could people be so very, very stupid? Why aren't we all seeing this at least at some baseline level in a rational way? Why why can't everyone just understand that clearly the public health authorities, the government bureaucrats that work on health, the CDC, the NIH, they don't know what the hell they're talking about when they make predictions. They're wrong over and over again. They don't know. Oh, this variant, that variant, this variant, that variant. Well, now it seems like we actually got a real variant, right? How many times did they tell us about variants before? Oh, watch out for this. There was the alpha variant, the beta variant, the gamma, you know, whatever. I don't know. I forget how many variants there there have been. But now we're seeing the fight in the schools play out. And we're getting into the you don't have the freedom to control how you breathe because it can affect other people. I mean, this is the ultimate totalitarian excuse, isn't it? You're not even allowed to breathe normally until we say so. You don't think this is having a massive psychological effect on society? Your children, you can't even protect your children's right to breathe fresh, free air from the grubby little fingers of the state. That's what's going on right now. Some people are starting to see this. Little Fauci and his minions and the morons who think he's some kind of a genius and a hero. They want to mask up your kids all day. Sitting there, struggling to breathe, feeling anxious. Because it's, it's doing nothing for them. It's not keeping them safe. We all know this. Just think about it. How well did masks work during the pandemic? Just think. Yeah, did it really, really slow the spread? Here's the uh, mayor of Austin, Texas. A lib, of course, saying that uh, it's sorry, no parental choice involved here. Play one. The choices that people are making not to get vaccinated for themselves are not choices just for themselves. The choices that they're making to leave themselves more vulnerable for ending up in a hospital is impacting everyone. That's why it's important to, to especially protect our children. A parent can make a choice for their child 
except that the choice that they make impacts everybody else in the classroom. And people should have a right to pick a choice to be able to be in a classroom that keeps their children the most safe. And we're going to do everything we can. We're going to, as we said from the very beginning, we're going to follow the doctors and the data. Uh, even when we have a governor that seems to be following the, the donors and not the doctors. A little uh, cheap shot at Abbott there at the end, the governor of Texas. Look, they want they want to make Texas and Florida bend the knee now. Think about that. After what, eight months of getting vaccinated in this country? Now they expect Texas and Florida to bend the knee fully. Oh, Texas already did before. Sorry, but now they want to they want to fight Ron DeSantis on this. And, and what's so critical to them about Ron DeSantis and the schools issue is if they get schools to close, if they get the schools to, uh, I'm sorry, to mask mandate, closing schools might, might happen here in New York, but if they get a mask mandate in Florida, they won't have a control group. I, I wish there was a way I, I could place a large bet on this. If Florida schools stay unmasked and you compare the spread of COVID in Florida schools to, say, California schools with masking in place, there will be no statistically significant difference. I, I would bet a large sum of money for me on that if I could. That's that's how certain I am of this. It's just obvious. But if Florida has some schools masks, some not, we can't tell. You know, the blue areas of Florida, the blue cities have mask mandates in place. That muddies the water. And so they can say, see, masks work. They work. That's what they'll tell you. It's appalling stupidity. Um, but they're going after DeSantis with everything they've got because they know that they've got to, they've, his success in Florida. And this is the next president of the United States, if he can keep the momentum going that he's got. So they've got to take him off the chessboard. That's why Jen Psaki is spewing the usual propaganda play, too. Our war uh, is not on DeSantis. It's on the virus, uh, which we're trying to kneecap. Uh, and uh, he does not seem to want to participate in that effort to kneecap the virus. Hence our concern. Mm. It's on the virus. DeSantis doesn't want to help in the effort. Do what we say. What they say does not work. How many times do we have to go through this? How many times do we have to sit through this? I, I just want to know. When will they just give it up? Stop being crazy, libs. Stop being crazy. They won't, though. They won't do it. All right, here, here, here you go. I'll, I'll give you just a little taste of what I'm talking about here. This is in New York Magazine. For libs. I mean, New York Magazine is all for libs. Don't panic, but breakthrough cases may be a bigger problem than you've been told, and current public health messaging may understate the scale and risk. Um, here you go. This is this is written by David Wallace Wells. The term itself breakthrough is a problem. It sounds bad, implying an immune escape mutation likely rare and therefore alarming. The vaccines were never tested to prevent transmission, only symptomatic disease. And those who knew the science expected from the outset that we would see some number of such cases and they would be overwhelmingly mild. But Delta appears to have changed things. Not everything. The vaccines are working to suppress severe outcomes from COVID infection um, by more than a factor of 100 for some states and at least fivefold for even the states where the effect has been most muted. That is that is game changingly well. But most of the data and analysis comes from before the arrival of the Delta variant. And during the current surge, there does seem to be considerably more leakage. 
So the analysis about how, oh, no, the virus, I mean, the uh, the vaccine works so well, it works so well. They're looking at pre-Delta variant numbers to tell you that. They're clinging to the old data. This is what they're telling you in New York Magazine. I'm, I'm not telling you this. This is New York Magazine telling you this. It continues. Over the last few weeks, in the wake of an attention-getting internal CDC presentation uh, about how much, you know, there's a lot of back and forth on this. Breakthrough cases remain rare, they said. The pandemic was now largely a pandemic on the vac- unvaccinated. Um, but turns out this is these readings are directionally correct. The vaccines are performing admirably in protecting the very sick. The current bleak Delta wave is being tri- primarily driven by the unvaccinated. It keeps going. Ah, but then it gets into a problem. But with Delta, plenty of vaccinated people are getting sick. Plenty of transmission is going on. And my personal opinion is that the whole notion of herd immunity from two vaccine vaccine shots is flying out the window very quickly with this new variant. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. That that's from an epidemiologist named Michael Mina from Harvard. Wait, wait, wait a second. We have a Harvard epidemiologist quoted in New York magazine saying the vaccine shots aren't going to end this thing. It's certainly not two shots based on the actual data from Delta. In the piece, it goes on later on to say they think that there could be up to 5 to 20% of the spread right now is among the vaccinated. Wait a second. So people are spreading this all over the place, even if they get the vaccine? That's what this New York Magazine piece is saying. I, I, I got to wonder, folks. And then you also have the Israeli data, which I've talked to Alex Berenson about recently. And the Israeli data says uh, it indicates very clearly that vaccines, I should say indicates very clearly, yes, that the vaccines lose potency pretty quickly. So you can get vaccinated and you're good for, you know, maybe six months, seven months, eight. But then it's just not working as well, certainly not working as well against this variant. If we are only if we're in the first year of vaccination, which we are right now, and we already have a variant that evades the vaccination in a pretty substantial way. What makes us think that this is going to go away if we all get the shot? How is that supposed to work? This is still going to be out there, still going to be mutating, still going to be going. You know, we've never been able to eliminate the common cold. We've never been able to eliminate the flu. There are animal reservoirs for those diseases. There are animal reservoirs for covid this will be spreading. It will be out there. So what really are we are we facing here as our future? We're going to just keep going through masks, lockdown, panic shots, masks, lockdown, shots, panic, masks, lockdown, shots. Pan- I mean, that's the way the world is supposed to work now. I say no. I mean, we might have to start thinking about forming countries where there can be a country for people who are like, we're just going to live life and try to be healthy and, you know, the, the sick should quarantine. Everybody else should go about their lives. The elderly should be more careful. Yeah, get shots if you want to get the shots. Sure, if you feel like masking up or staying away from people, that's your choice. But then the other places, you can have people that are doing the Australia model where they're just willing to lock you in your home. And, I mean, they've got these, like, triage tents set up everywhere. It's crazy what they're doing. It's crazy. And they're enforcing it. In the most draconian fashion, 
the most draconian fashion. So ah, I, I, I find this all I find this all very frustrating. And I will say this. You all know I told you in when when we when it looked like we were out of this thing, when it looked like the pandemic was over, I said they're leaving some of this stuff, the federal mask mandate on planes and transportation. They're leaving this in place so that it's easier to turn it all back on. You know, I said that many times. And here we are. Here we are, because I understood they're never going to let go of this power. They love this. They love this. It gives them a sense of purpose. These are people who are empty, who are racked with anxiety and fear, who lack courage, who lack intestinal fortitude. They want society. They want the collective to to keep them safe and warm at night. They want to feel a part of the herd. They, they don't want to just have to accept that bad things happen. We're all going to die. We're all on borrowed time. Make the most of every day, every minute you have. Be a person of value. Be a person of integrity. You know, none of that is is what they want to hear. They want to hear, oh, just listen to Fauci. Just listen to Fauci. Fauci will save us. He really won't. He's not going to. Uh, Buck, I think that's unfair. Um, I have at various junctures of the pandemic been a source of comfort for emotionally inept libs on the television by appearing on a near nightly, almost minute by minute basis to say things that are not helpful, often untrue, but do make a donation into the fear mongering bank and that is the purpose. So I do not think you should. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's all true, Fouch. That's all accurate enough. Uh, Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation carries forward a legacy of courage and heroism. To mark 20 years, Tunnel to Towers is gifting America's heroes and their families with 200 mortgage-free homes. To honor the fallen, Chairman and CEO Frank Siller walks more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days. From the Pentagon to Shanksville, culminating at ground zero on 9-11. Towers of Light returned to the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance. And for the first time, those we lost to 9-11 related illnesses are being honored at a ceremony on September 12th. On Veterans Day, another first, the soldiers we lost in the war on terror are having their names read aloud. The words never forget require action. Do good and take action now. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. So here's what else we've got today to dive into together here. Uh, got to get through it pretty quickly. I mentioned uh, the, the new governor of New York, uh, Hochul, is saying that she is going to institute a mask mandate any moment now for schools statewide, and she's considering even shutting down schools for a period of time. That's how crazy things are getting in New York. I've got my own problems here in New York where I'm being told that if I don't get the vaccine imminently, um, I there's a risk of me not being able to uh, participate fully in my own brother's wedding in New York next week. So I have that to handle right now. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Quite honestly, I'm not missing my brother's wedding. That's not happening. Right. They're going to have to throw me in prison to get me to not be at my brother's wedding. But what do I do? They won't accept prior. Uh, they won't accept prior. This is the venue, of course. This is the, you know, the, the restaurants and the uh, wedding venues and stuff in New York now are all trying to be so compliant. Um, but what am I supposed to do? 
I mean, people are saying, you know, forge you know, a vaccine passport. They've said that. And I say, guys, come on. You don't think that the government would, if they got the opportunity, come after someone like me for that? Some right wing radio host who has a fake covid. Pat- I mean, oh, my gosh, I'd, I'd get into all kinds of trouble for that one. So not going to do that. Not going to break the law in that way and give them an opportunity to come at me and cause problems for me. So it's either get the shot or what? And why am I getting the shot exactly? I had COVID. I had COVID. I have documentation, a medical test proving that I had COVID. They don't care. They want to control me. They want to control you. I told you. Also, for those of you in the red states, oh, Buck, enough of masks. We're good. Our governor's good. We're... I told you the federal government's going to come for you, too. This is, the, this is where we are now. This is the reality we live in. These people have lost their minds. All right, Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, uh, says the police budget will increase next year. This is the most obvious thing you could possibly imagine, right? Of, of course, the police budget should increase next year um, because when you look at this, you say to yourself, uh, the defund the police movement is the dumbest thing the Democrats. I think it's even dumber than walls don't work in a sense, right? Because walls don't work, you know, they... They were trying to play with the, well, walls don't work 100% of the time or they don't work well enough. You know, they, they, were, they got a little ahead of themselves with that. But with this one, defund the police, I mean, that, there is no version of that as a slogan that is not stupid. I know, look, walls don't work is really dumb, too. But there's no version of defund police that isn't completely idiotic. And is there any accountability for this? You know, the uh, redistricting battle in Congress is, is just about to start because the census data has come in. So this is going to be a huge propaganda fight, because remember, redistricting that benefits Democrats is democracy at work. Redistricting that benefits Republicans is gerrymandering, racism, Jim Crow 2.0, whatever. Right. That's what they'll say. This is the kind of of, uh, rhetoric that's used about these issues. And I just hope that there's some at some level, there would be a a real backlash against Democrat stupidity on this. I mean, Democrats absolutely should pay a serious price for the madness, for the the insanity of the defund the police movement. And I'm sorry, but just deciding now that they're going to live in reality, just deciding now that they're going to start supporting law enforcement is not good enough. This was obvious from the beginning. This was obvious all along. There's simply no reason whatsoever that we had to suffer through over a year of some of the worst violence we've seen, worst shootings and murders we've seen in major cities in over 20 years. So that millionaire CNN anchors can go on TV and feel like they're part of the social justice movement, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so fascinating to me, the people that go around. I mean, the, there are white liberals in New York City in particular who I'll see on their LinkedIn page. You know, they'll have, you know, Black lives matter at the top with like six exclamation points. Okay, we all. Yeah. Yeah, of course, black lives matter. What? So are you in favor of defund the police? Are you in favor of racial Marxism in America? Like what? 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 what, The people that say this, have they thought about it at all? No, it doesn't. They don't care. It's just about trying to attach themselves to a brand that they think means to others, tells others they're a good person. They're one of the good, moral, righteous, 
they're not one of those, particularly for white liberals, not one of those bad white people out there who don't fully embrace the social justice left. No, 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 that's what that's all about. And it's a, it's a remarkable circumstance, my friends, but we're seeing this play at all. So anyway, Lori Lightfoot's going to have more cops in Chicago. And then as of today, uh, just some updates on Afghanistan. Um, for those of you who are, I mean, one, this, this is a news story because we're now seeing the results of, okay, we stayed for 20 years. We stayed 19 years too long in Afghanistan. I think that's become pretty clear. Uh, there, was, there was really no durable nation building. There was no durable training of the uh, security forces. It was all just being propped up by American troops, American money. I don't know if anyone would try to argue the other side of that proposition right now, but that's certainly what it seems like to me. And as I watch what's going on right now, I just I feel uh, a sense of sadness, obviously, at what's happening to the Afghan people, but also um, that we had so many soldiers, so many members of our military who were deployed and spent so much time in this place. And the the collapse of Afghanistan, it's, it's hard to feel like this wasn't a lot of really bad strategy at the top level. A lot of people who wanted to go up the chain of command and, you know, tell their um, uh, their command staff or rather tell the, the president, if we're talking about like the four stars, that they were making so much progress and everything was going so well. I mean, I, I read all the assessments. I mean, it was I mean, I read the assessments that were classified at the highest level of Afghanistan on a regular basis when I was working the CIA Afghan desk. And I could just tell you there was this cyclical nature of, oh, we figured it out this time. The, the new, you know, the new troop rotation in any place or the new generalship, you know, you know, nationwide. It would be, oh, we, we figured it out. We, we know how to stabilize the country. And then things would sort of go on for a while and they'd say, see, things are pretty good. And then there'd be some sense of, wait, we haven't really made the same kind of gains that we thought we would. And it's, oh, now the next one comes in. And then then the next general or the next, you know, the next uh, command staff comes. They say, well, you know, we think we figured this one out. We we know what to do now. We know how to stabilize Afghanistan. And we've we've learned from the past. And then wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat every time, every time. And you say, okay. How exactly how exactly is that going to get to a place of honesty about these things? How are we going to know what's really working, what's not? That wasn't really the goal. The goal was for the I'm talking about command staff level now. I'm talking about the people that are making the the decisions at the very top presidential appointees, ambassadors, four star generals, a lot of uh, careerism in place of sober reality in Afghanistan. Oh, I didn't even tell you what's going on. They say they've taken Kandahar which is, depending on how you gauge it, the second or third largest city in the country, uh, certainly an, a critical city and one that a lot of Americans fought very hard to keep out of the hands of the Taliban. Kandahar seems to have fallen now. We're at more than half a dozen provincial capitals in the hands of the Taliban. I mean, Kabul, the capital of Afghanistan, is going to be in Taliban hands. Uh, I mean, I tweeted today within 30 to 60 days. It might even be it might even be inside of 30 days. I said 30 to 60 seems like what you're looking at. So but maybe maybe in a, you know, a matter of weeks could just fall. Think about it this way. 
You do you want to be part of that last ring of defense around Kabul going up against the Taliban, or you want to just say, you know what, we lost. I'm going to go back to my village, hide my AK-47 under my bed, and uh, hope that they don't know that I used to work with the Americans. I mean, that's I think the choice that a lot of Afghans are going to be faced with. That's the choice they're making right now. So. You know, this, there's there's some lessons in this, obviously, on a military and national security side. But I also think there are lessons um, in the on the purely strategic who's in charge, who do you listen to side of things. Uh, how many people do you know that had senior roles in Afghanistan who came forward and said, um, this is hopeless. We should we should just get out of this place. I mean, the answer is very, very few, if any. They all were saying, oh, no, I know how to fix it. I know how to fix it. What does that kind of remind you of? The experts knew what to do, except they didn't. Except their incentives were to present themselves as experts who had answers. It wasn't about getting it right. It wasn't about the mission set. It was about what does this look like for me when I come back? Am I going to get that uh, board seat at Raytheon or am I going to get that uh, that Brookings Institute, you know, perch, make uh, 250K a year to show up to a comfortable office and do nothing all day at a think tank? Am I going to get that or is the national security and foreign policy apparatus going to uh, be upset with me for speaking difficult truths? I, I think there are real lessons in all this. I think there are lessons we have to pay close attention to but um afghanistan my friends is is a huge huge mess and i think that uh, the taliban is unless we're willing to invade unless we're willing to have a major u.s military presence go back in there which i think we're clearly not um this government in in afghanistan is not going to last so we'll continue to follow this. We'll look at this closely. And I, as always, appreciate you being here with me on the Buck Sexton show. Please pass the buck. Tell somebody about what we're doing here uh, every day. This is kind of our just buck to you deep dive situation. And if you haven't already, go on the uh, Apple podcast and give five stars. That helps when you give reviews here. It pushes us up in the iTunes rankings and all the rest of it. Uh, back with you tomorrow. We'll do some Freestyle Friday roll call with producer Mark. So Send us roll call at teambuck at iheartmedia.com or facebook.com slash buck sexton. Shields high.